Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin, and welcome to the Thursday, June 22nd edition of the Fox Sports Fantasy Podcast. Um, I'm here with Ryan Fowler. Ryan, is this the NBA draft edition of the Fantasy Football Podcast? Uh, we don't have enough time uh, <laughs> to go through all the ill wills of what has happened to the Cleveland sports market since, uh, what, about a year ago this time. I was weeping on a podcast. Now I'm yeah. weeping for a different reason. It's, it's kind of frustrating, but again, all the chips will fall where they may. And at the end of the day, the, the Cavs had a championship for the first time for the city in 52 yep. years. And, and one of the best decisions I ever made, uh, I, as you know, I live in Charlotte. And when I moved down here in 2004, I moved here to work for the Bobcats. So I basically had to renounce my New York Nick fandom because I was, <laughs> I was working for the Bobcats. And right now, this is looking like a good, sustained decision that I made. You, you are buying your Dwight Howard jersey yes. as we speak. I'm fine with that. It's a good deal. Uh, yeah, I thought it was... Okay. I mean, he's not old Dwight Howard, and maybe he has issues, but, I mean, basically, they salary dumped. They thought they were going to have to salary dump the guys they dumped, and it turned out they got a pretty serviceable player. Not a superstar anymore, certainly, but anyway. yeah, You bailed, bailed on the Knicks at a, at a good time. I did. And the thing is, I couldn't go back. I always Dolan was always just a mess. And I'm not big on people bailing on their sports teams. And mm-hmm. it's not like I did it to root for a front-running, you know, a, you know, a title can No, definitely not with the Bobcats. <laughs> right. But I just couldn't deal with the Knicks anymore because they're such a disaster. And it has literally not changed in the 13 years since that happened. I miss so. insanity. <laughs> yeah, you see her last year. Yeah. All right, enough basketball. Um, we're going to talk fantasy football, everybody. I mean, it's sneaking up, right? Fantasy football, it's, it's time. It's draft scouting time and all that. First thing I want to talk about, Eric Decker goes to Tennessee. So, Marcus Mariota. Uh, last year, people were happy with him having Richard Matthews because he was pretty good. Scored nine touchdowns. was a pretty good receiver. Uh, Delaney Walker was good. Uh, they've got a couple good running backs. They drafted Corey Davis, and they signed Eric Decker. I love Eric Decker. I think he's a very underrated receiver. Has, has, have all these changes got you aboard the Marcus Mariota fantasy hype train? Short answer is yes. I think I was aboard it. I mean, adding Decker doesn't hurt Marcus Mariota. It just... The Tennessee's offense and the offensive flow comes down to what are they going to do with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry? Is Derrick Henry going to cut into DeMarco? Because how they use their rush game is going to dictate where Marietta, Marietta goes from last year, where you have 18 red zone touchdowns outside the red zone, a little clunky. Let's be honest. It wasn't very pretty outside the red zone, um, but basically what you would expect out of a young quarterback of Mariota. It's just there's a lot of weapons for Mariota, and that's a good thing. So I think from a fantasy standpoint, uh, he can he can hover around QB 10, QB 9 for me, and I would feel pretty good about it. I think, again, when you, when you look back at the draft and you look at Mariota's career arc and the assets he has around him versus Jameis Winston, I think Mariota's shaping up to be a, a step above Jameis despite all the options he has down there. But, uh, again, Jameis, if you look at his 2016, uh, a little clunky throughout, no matter how good him and Mike Evans were. Uh, we'll see what O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, and maybe Doug Martin 2.0 or 3.0. I'm not sure which one we're on now. Four, um, six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of muscle hamsters there. Um, yeah, I, I think from, from from the Mariota standpoint, I'm a buyer. Okay. Yeah, I've got him ninth. I actually have him one slot behind Jameis, but the more I look at the numbers, the more I think that's wrong. It's, yeah, I think Jameis is still – it was a little clunky last year. Mariota is better than I thought he was going to be. Oh, I completely As a agree passer. with that. Yeah. He, yeah. He's really good. And I do think – and I like last year, they, he ran a little more too. 
Because in year one, it was kind of confusing. Everybody thought, you know, oh, look what he's going to do with his legs. He didn't do anything. Right. And last year it was a little better. He didn't he didn't run near the goal line a lot. I mean, he's got, you know, two big running backs, like you said. But I, I do think that offense gave me more balance. Remember last year it was big. Every, everybody made out the, you know, the exotic smash mouth thing to be a big deal. And they ran a ton. But now, I mean, they're not going to run as much now with all those weapons and with him getting I don't better. think they can. Yeah, they I can. mean, and I think they have to clean up, like I said, Red zone, 18 touchdowns, no interceptions for Mariota. Outside the red zone, Corey Davis and Decker are going to make life very easy breezy uh, for Mariota where it's not, oh, DeMarco Murray has to carry it 20-plus times a game. But that, again, if anything, out of all these moves, Murray kind of goes down a few slots for me. I was I was a lot more pro-Murray uh, before they had Decker, and now I'm, I'm. it's not like I'm selling all my stock. It's just Decker plus Henry's getting a little juice. That's where I'm kind of at right now. See, but I look at that and I'm going, I, where I have Murray ninth at running back. And I'm going, who am I, who am I going to jump over him? If he, if he gets a slight ding in his fantasy production, who am I going to jump over him? Right. Gurley, Miller, a- Fournette, I don't know. No, I think it's fair. And, and that's why, I, I w- again, dinging doesn't mean he goes outside top 12 for me. It's just, just a little. I, I'm cognizant of... You just said they're going to be more balanced. So, again, when you're stretching it over 16 games, I think when you look at the amount of workflow that Murray will receive, then it just comes down to, well, is Derrick Henry going to cut into it? Not so much Decker. That's what it's kind of a, a separate conversation. Right. All right, and everybody, by the way, with all these moves, um, and you're starting to think to yourself the Titans are a sneaky Super Bowl pick, not so sneaky, everybody. Everybody's on this bandwagon. Okay, mm-hmm. you you will be about the millionth person to jump on it if you get on there. So just you know, don't don't think you're unique by saying you know I think I like those Titans. They're they're sneaky now. They're so not <laughs> anymore. Um, that division, by the way, fun. If the Texans yes. get better, if the quarterback play gets better, um, the Jags are the Jags are the sneaky one. I think with all the defense that they've they've built up over the last few years, I think they're the sneaky one. Yeah, Blake Bortles just has to complete 65% instead of 58 59%, and you have some type of growth there. You know, but if, if it's 58 59% of 150 fewer passes, maybe you got some. True. 150 no, was picked out of the point. air, by the way. I don't know if that's legit. Maybe 100. Right. I don't know. Right. All right. Everyone, um, if you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening, as we always like to tell you. Also, if you want us on Twitter, if you have any questions, Ryan's at Fox Sports Fowler. I'm at Jay Halpin 37 All right. You know what we're going to talk about today? We're going to go through some ADPs. Um, fantasyfootballcalculator.com is what we like to use this time of year. And we're going to talk about some guys who are sort of, let's say, moving up. They have a helpful tool where you can look, let's say, over the past month or past three weeks or week or whatever it is and see guys that are sort of moving up the ladder um, in terms of average draft position. And the first guy I want to talk about is Jay Ajayi on the Dolphins. Right now he is... He's, he's at the turn in a 12-team league. He's, he's 2.01 in ADP. Um, he's moving up a little bit. I mean, he was always in the second round, but he seems to be moving up. Adam Gase is, is talking him up as a workhorse. And if you remember, when Ajay came out of college, people thought, you know, hey, the good thing about him is he can catch the ball too. Um, what do you think? Are, are you in on him at that kind of investing, that kind of draft capital in him? Yeah, I think it's a two-part conversation. I think from one, I go back to how that season started last year um, where he was in the doghouse, didn't travel on the road early on in the season. 
Um, and then I, I'm thinking, well, Jay would probably love to play Buffalo every year or every week of the season just because of the success he had against them last year. The other thing is, and this is where we get into some of the advanced metrics and some of these other sites. Pro Football Focus does a great job. But there's this one site that I've really been tracking lately. It's uh, Fantasy ADHD. And they've had some interesting Again, real deep in the weeds metrics that kind of have tracked what Gase wants to do, and, and they want to run the ball. And when you're looking at running back by committees around the league, there really isn't one there in Miami. And that's why I look at Jay and I'm like, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world if you're like in a standard league where you, you, you go that dis- direction. I think in PPR it might be a different conversation but because of the risk uh, involved. But I'm not completely out on it. If, if 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 you look at the stuff that Fantasy ADHD has been looking at as far as game flow, um, there is a lot of consistency in that run game. You remove the RBBC conversation, which is a huge boost for Jay. Um, I, I'm not a complete seller on it. There's just some nerves where regression, if anybody, would probably hit Jay. Yeah. You see, right now, because of the situation, as you mentioned, he's, he's being drafted, still going behind Freeman and Murray, and I've got him ahead of them because he's the man. Look, I know DeMarco Murray's going to stay busy, but Derrick Henry's going to – I think Derrick Henry's going to get a little bit more work. I think the Titans will run a little less. Henry might get a little more work. Uh, and to your point about DeMarco Murray, maybe he slips just a little. You know, I, I, and I like a job. I have him sixth at running back right now, so I'm in. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, at the turn, I'm completely comfortable too. All right, um, latest guy going up, Marshawn Lynch. I can't, I can't do this. And I know everybody's fired up about him, and I know that the Raiders have this great offense that's going to have open running lanes for him um, because of the passing attack and because of the great offensive line and blah, 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 beast mode. It, the guy, he took a year off. I mean, no way. No way am I picking this guy near the beginning. I'm not, I don't even want him in the third round, let alone early second. I mean, am I... Too much of a wet blanket here? I, I don't see that. This is one of the things I, t- I talked about with someone on radio the other day. I don't see this at all. And, and I know I tend to be – I'm in the camp here where I'm saying this is too much risk for such an early pick. I see the upside. I get it. The downside is is just it's too much for me. I, the the rust see- factor, he's over 30. I, no, 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 no. What do you think? I mean, if you're talking risk on Lynch, you're talking risk on Jay, and you have Jay six. So why, why, is, why is Jay Jay risky? He's a 24 year old back in a good, and he's got a great setup, and he's going to be a workhorse. Why is he risky? I'm telling you, if there's regression anywhere, it's going to be which that guy started in a doghouse less than a year ago, and you're telling me that his farts smell like freaking Fruit Loops oh. right now. It makes no sense that you would go. Jay is not risky, and Marshawn is risky. When you say a year off, Rusty, year off, fresh legs. Latavius Murray, red zone destroyer last year. If the Raiders are moving the football, Marshawn Lynch has to be in the conversation of somebody that's going to be in that 13 through 18 range on your RB rankings, what if, without question. What if Marshawn Lynch is done? There is no RBB. Well, what if JIG's done? He's not. That, doesn't make, that is not an argument. It is what an argument. Lynch, no, JIG could be done just, just like other sophomore running backs have been done. The lifetime of an NFL player is three and a half years. People can fall off the face of the earth in the second year. And that's what I think you can say with any running back. So you can't say Marshawn Lynch is done going to this system where they're going to be moving the football. And if at the very least, 
at the very least, he's falling in the end zone. There is value to be had there, especially in standard scoring. Hey, maybe maybe they should sign Emmett Smith, and he'd be awesome too. <laughs> well, I don't, how long does it take for a guy to lose it? I don't know. And that, he might that's, not. That's an asinine remark. It's well, not even analysis. But it's being it, coy it is, for the sake of being coy. No, Marshawn Lynch is going to a good system. If he didn't think he could do it, he wouldn't be doing it. Well, if the Raiders didn't think he could do it, they wouldn't have signed him. They have Jalen Rashard and DeAndre Washington, nice complimentary players. There's no reason why the Raiders would take the risk, especially where they're at right now, just about to get over the hump as a playoff contender before they move to Vegas and completely screw their fan base. I really think that that's what you need to be looking at. Would the Raiders really take the risk right now? They didn't sign him for that much money. Oh, now we're going to go to the money. But okay. it's, it so matters. It's to peel away the layers. It matters. Until, the, but it, it doesn't because they need some type of rushing game to complement Crabtree and Cooper. But the risk, so, was, the risk was not that big, and they didn't have the – I mean, I don't know what the cap space was. I'm assuming they weren't going to go out and spend a bunch of money on a running back. I don't know. Latavius Murray, what did he have in the red zone last year? I a million carries? That's all That's all they really need Marshawn to do. They don't need him to rush for 120 yards a game. If you get 60 to 70 yards on a Marshawn and he falls in the end zone, that's fantasy value. I'm sorry to tell you, especially when there's no RBBC and Jalen Richard and Jandre Washington are going to be complimentary players. They're not going to fall in that starting line. Now, if Marshawn gets hurt, in week three, because he's quote unquote done or rusty, JLJE could just do the same thing in week five. And he and let's let's not forget, Jay went through a stretch last year where it was like, oh, it's it's Jay. Jay's there. He's but he, he was a he was a workhorse. Yes, and so can Marsha. I mean, Marsha can go out there and get fifteen to eighteen. I, I mean. So, okay, so when we get back to another conversation about Devontae Parker or some other wide receiver of the Dolphins that you love, I'm going to remember this because it's going to be a workhorse, but but, you're going to love Devontae Parker as a stretch. I I like Devontae Parker in a mid-round as my third wide receiver. I I, I think, and I understand that that is going to be most likely some sort of run-first offense in Miami. I don't love Devontae Parker. I, li- I like him where I can get him. The thing is, Marshawn Lynch, I-, I I hate where I have to get him. There's it's, no running back it, by committee. That's I, what I say. I don't. If know you can avoid that. running back by committees, you're 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 living life a lot better. I don't I know, know that, that that's not a. And, that's not totally a committee. Okay, so okay, so let's say it's not a committee. Let's say he's not, or let's say he's in a committee, but he's going to get first and second sniffs inside the ten, inside the five. You would kill for that in most fantasy leagues, you, well, especially if they're going to be moving the ball as much as the Derek Carr just got paid $125 million for five years. He better move that football, and he's going to need somebody to finish drives because his red zone uh, ac- uh, his red zone accuracy is garbage right now. He can't hit Cooper or Crabtree, and, and we'll see what they do with Cook, but they're going to need to run the football because Carr's accuracy in the red zone is awful. All right. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't like the price. I don't like the price for a guy who who took a year off. I, I think it's. Too I, much. I think that's. A, I think that's going to be the, the the year off is going to be the summation of the people that are fading Lynch. I don't disagree it, with. I you. think it matters. I mean, that's a, that's a big factor. I don't know. It, again, it, Adrian Peterson came back nine months after an ACL tear and, and destroyed fine. the world. And, and, and Lynch was banged up in 2015 too. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like this price. I, I, it's too much. I, I, I will not own him. Let's put it that way. And maybe I, I'm wrong. 
I think the difference between Marshawn, besides his health, the difference between Marshawn winning and losing for fantasy owners will be how many touches he gets inside the 10, inside the 5. The rest doesn't really matter. But, but at, at this price, here's the thing. At, at this price, he pretty much has to be peak Marshawn Lynch. Right? He can't, he can't just be, oh, this is a nice bounce-back season. He can't be part of a committee. I'm, I'm not looking at Ron. I'm saying he's my RB 13 through 15. And I think in that situation, RB 13 through 15 is a fair assessment of where he could be. And that's not Pete Lynch. Pete Lynch is better than that. All right. So, so, so at the third pick of the second round, is, is, are you comfortable there? I'm not. I don't know. Is that RB 13 through 15? I, I don't have I, to It depends on how many wide receivers. I mean, it's probably not because it's the 15th pick overall. You'd have to go all running back before that. Right, so I'm at RB 13 through 15. I, I don't, I don't want him in either of the top two rounds, and I know that's where I'm going to have to take him. So, all right, I'm, I'm out. So, but again, I, I think we might be having two different conversations. You're talking about Ron. I think if you get, uh, which is a high end RB two, you're living life great. Yeah, but, but I think there's value in that RB two. I, I, I don't even know if I'd go there, but you can't. I don't think you can get him there anymore. Yeah. Because that's I, you know, oh, he looks I'm great. Glad. All right. I'm glad I wrote about that two months ago when I made my case off the jump. <laughs> Next guy up, uh, someone near and dear to your heart, Terrell Pryor. What do you think there? I, I like this setup for him. I, I really like what he became last year. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the situation in Washington where Kirk Cousins throws all the time. And they got rid of other, they got rid of other receivers and and, uh, and Pryor's the man. I mean, Josh Doxson, maybe he steps up, whatever. Jordan is <laughs> still there. Um, but Terrell Pryor's the man, and Kirk Cousins throws a ton. And right now, Terrell Pryor has snuck up into the, it looks like into the third round, into the mid to late third. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think of that? I, I have him right now. My, my current ranking, he's 22nd wide receiver, but I think that's too low. I think i got to bump him up into the team somewhere. Yeah, I think Brad Evans from Yahoo has him at like ten, um, and I know other people that are, are, are very very high on Terrell Pryor. So there's there are people that are drinking a lot of Kool Aid there, and I think the Pryor conversation kind of goes back to your argument uh, for Eric Decker being undervalued. I mean, look at the quarterbacks that Decker got to work with and the productivity, and then look at what Pryor did last year with a bad offensive line, a bad offense, and he still did. Now you go to with Kirk Cousin and Gruden, you're going to be chucking it all over the yard. There's a lot to like there, absolutely. I mean. Again, I, I think it, small sample sizes, uh, but we, we, that's what we kind of work with uh, in, in fantasy football a lot is these guys pop up one year, and then you have to make a projection for the second year uh, based on uh, offensive scheme, coaching style, uh, and then in this case, a change of zip code. Um, I like Pryor. I mean, from a, from a body type, I think it works. Uh, you just work around Jamison, uh, you work around Jordan uh, Reed and Jamison Crowder. Uh, and you got something there from from a uh, red zone target all over the place because they have no running game, right? So um, or they're not going to uh, go crazy in the running game. I I still think again, <laughs> we we get so over dramatic on oh they have no running game. Well, there's going to be a guy out there that's probably going to carry it 15 times a game. How well they do is is up in the air. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I think I'm not going to do a backflip for Pryor, but um, the Redskins they're going to chuck it around and. Uh, there should be a lot of reason for people to buy into the, uh, I, I think you call it the helium guys, yeah. um, 
that there is a, a reason for the rise. I, I think that's going to only get stronger unless, like, Josh Doxson goes out in preseason game number one and Dak Prescott's all over the place and just amazes people. Uh, but that's not going to happen, I don't think. Yeah, when we when we stop recording, we can have a conversation about Dak Prescott being number 14 in the NFL's top 100 players. Yes, that'll be a tangent. Holy yes, God. All right. Um, shiny. Just, He's very shiny. Any <laughs> new so toys out of the box. Stupid. All right, next guy up, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey has been pretty popular in early PPR drafts. Um, I had this conversation yesterday. I, I did Roto-Wire Radio with uh, Derek Van Riper and uh, Jason Thornberry, and Derek said maybe because of the love he's gotten in PPR, maybe McCaffrey is a value in standard. And I told him the story on draft night. The Panthers GM, Dave Gettleman, said, basically said, Curtis Martin was the best between the tackles runner he'd ever seen, and, and he said McCaffrey reminds me a lot of Curtis Martin. I kind of went, "Wow!" Because I think we all fall into this trap of thinking McCaffrey's a gadget guy because he's so versatile. But we said, "Well, maybe he's a value in standard drafts." Well, I'm looking at standard ADP, and McCaffrey's 3.08. Um, I, fe- I keep saying I'm going to short all the Panthers because there's too many mouths to feed. Is Christian McCaffrey in in round three okay with you? He's not for me. Yeah, that seems high for me. I, I'm really nervous on the amount of fanfare. I mean, I know it was a high draft pick in the NFL terms, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the mouse defeat, I, I hate to share the same opinion as you because, again, it, it kind of kills the conversation as far as getting into the weeds. But if we agree, we agree. And that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, you know, Jonathan Stewart can't finish a 16-game season, but he's going to be around. Right. And, again, the touchdown ceiling on McCaffrey – is going to be dictated by really how Jay Stu pl- performs, uh, especially in the red zone, because he can lose touches inside the 10, inside the five to not only Cam, but to Jay Stu. And McCaffrey needs everything to live up to the hype of a third round pick, it seems like to me. I, I think there are other directions that I think owners can go to from a veteran standpoint that are a little bit more stable than McCaffrey, where Greg Olson had a down year last year. Why wouldn't he have a good year this year? Especially, I believe he's in a contract here. Um, the growth of uh, Kelvin Benjamin, if there's any there. Uh, Samuels evolved. Right. Uh, I mean, there's just, like you said, there's a lot of mouths to feed. McCaffrey in the third. All the stars would have to align. And I think sometimes we get drunk on rookies. We've talked about that before, too. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we're we're both out on him. I like the player. And, I, and another one. I see the path to this kind of upside. And and third round, you know, he doesn't need to get fifteen hundred yards from scrimmage and ten touchdowns. That that needs to be said. But I'm with you. I kind of look and I go. I I think I think I said what I'm what I would look for from McCaffrey is ten rushes and four catches a game. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. And I don't know if that gets yeah. you where you want to go if you're drafting him that early. Um, Mike Gillisley. Yeah. This guy's rising a bit. Mm-hmm. And, and, here, and, and I think, I, I like Mike Gillisley. I think he's nice back. Yeah, agreed. And, and he, I, but I think the, the easy, I don't want to call it a trap, but the easy analogy here is he's in the LeGarrette Blunt role. And LeGarrette Blunt scored, you know, 9,000 touchdowns last year. And the Patriots are a good offense, so Eureka, Mike Gillisley is going to score those 9,000 touchdowns. Um, in, in, in round, he's gotten into round five. Does he get too rich for your blood? Like basically, if you've gone a back and three receivers in rounds one through four, mm-hmm. could he be your RB2 at the end of round five? 
there, I'm going to parse this this way. Mike Gillisley is a nice back. I do not trust Bill Belichick. <laughs> it, it really does come down to that because LeGarrette Blunt is different. I mean, that's just where the Patriots just strike gold sometimes. I mean, that guy bounced and he was He's brought in and cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just tough when you have James White and you have Deion Lewis and, and you just have Gronk and Edelman and Cooks and, oh, my God. How can you go and say, yeah, Mike Gillespie's good. And, and I know the simple analogy, he's, oh, I'll take a place of blood. Yeah, until he doesn't. I mean, Brandon Bolden and, I mean, just the running backs of recent years uh, outside of Blunt, what are we really doing here? I, I, Belichick does not care about your fantasy team. Um, and, it, and I think you're doing yourself a disservice to say Mike Gillespie in the fifth is smart. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. And you know, you know the guy who, you know the guy who I want late is Burkhead. Fair. Yeah, I mean, what when you say late, like 11, 12 rounds, don't tell me any earlier than that. Hang on, no, I think let me see where he's, we're going to have to get him. Yeah, he's going late. late. He's his 88th, yeah. 14th round. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah why not? I'm I think a, there's I'm a path to production there. There's a path to him starting more often than not in fantasy. Let's put it that way. I don't know if I'd say it's likely, but I can see a reasonable path. And, yeah, and I mean, it's a crowded backfield. Yeah. And, and, you know, they've been raving about him. Oh, he can he can run and catch and block, and we really like him. All that. So Because they picked up Burkhead way in the, early in the process. They did. Yeah. yeah. So the Gillisley, yeah, it, it's a little – it's another one. It's a little much for me. I like the player. I, if he scores 13 touchdowns, I'm not going to be shocked. But – Really? A little too rich for me. I'm not going to be shocked. I mean, I don't think I bet on it. But right. in that offense, if he's the you know early down back in the red zone guy, yeah. I, I would I, you know it, you could see it just because yeah, he's so yeah, blunt. But he's not right. blunt. I think is what everybody has to remember. Whether you like him or not, and I do like him, he's not blunt. Right. Um, all right. Next guy up. I know where you're where you're going to be on this. I think Dalvin Cook has snuck into round six. Um, Vikings have improved the line. We don't know how much to be determined. Yeah, I screwed up on the last podcast on that. I apologize, but go ahead. Um, on the Vikings, Vikings line assessment. Um, they signed Latavius Murray. They still have my binky, Jarek McKinnon, who's not my binky anymore, <laughs> but, you know, that's all right. I've learned my lesson. We, we've had a parting of the ways, and that's fine. You got Kenny Brent and Cleveland to fall back on. Someone, he's going to be a third down back for someone someday, and he's going to be really good. <laughs> um, Dalvin Cook, everybody loves Dalvin Cook right now. Dalvin Cook everybody. right now, he snuck into – not everybody loves. That's overstating. He's in the middle of the sixth round. And, you know, his stock has been, I would say, steadily rising over the past month. He actually was in – where is he? He was middle of the eighth a month ago today. Now he's middle of the sixth. Um, in or out for you? See, this is where I get confused, John. Okay, so the last time we spoke, we were using MFL, and that's a best ball format. Yeah. Dalvin Cook's ADP in best ball in MFL is going to be one thing when you use fantasy football calculator, which I also enjoy, maybe not in mid-June. To be in the sixth, that's going to be a jarring difference between where he's going in MFL and fantasy football calculator, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. I just want to make sure we preface that before we dug in because I don't, I don't, see I don't like have MFL. the MFL in front of me right now, but okay. Oh, I, I'm sure I, I think that's I'm, fair. I'm sure he's second overall. Um, Dalvin <laughs> Cook uh, in the sixth. Doesn't bother me that much. That's why I prefaced with our with our uh, MFL versus fantasy football calculator uh, conversation based on ADP. 
it, it doesn't bother me that much because, I mean, he was drafted for a reason, and I, I'm not bailing on my Latavius Murray. You got the ankle he's coming back from. And I think what we're I think Delvin Cook in drafts before training camp is a tough road to go down for myself. I think once you get into preseason and you see where Murray's at in his health standpoint, and again, the Vikings have other things going on where Zimmer's future as a coach is kind of in a little bit of a weird place now because of the eye surgeries. I just I wish there was a little bit more stability there, not just because of the Dalvin and, and Latavius thing, but the whole uh, organization moving forward. Because I think Zimmer is a big voice in that system, obviously. And with him being kind of sidelined with the eye stuff, it just it, it, it clouds everything a little bit for myself um, as far as that team moving forward. But um, Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook, I think, will be one of the top two, if not top three, uh, position battles to watch. Um, and that's why I think, man, waiting on a fantasy football league draft until late August to decipher things like that is where I'm at. It's not fading the question. It's just, I don't know what I don't know. And I need to see Latavius Murray back on the field post ankle, um, to really feel confident one way or the other, because I mean, cook hasn't played an NFL down yet. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I like him. Um, you know, breakaway. I think I think after seeing him in college, it surprised. I probably surprised a lot of us as to where he got drafted. Some people thought he was going to be a you know top fifteen pick for a while, sure. and then you know the tape and you know the, when the pro when the pro scouts get involved and all that, you know the evaluators things change a yeah. little bit. But right. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, middle of the sixth round. I guess it depends on what else I have. I could see it. I think it's probably yeah, un- six unlikely round. for me. Sixth round is a lot, again, depending on who you're drafting with, a lot of quarterbacks go in the fifth and sixth. So, again, depending on what you did the first five rounds, where Cook is in your priority list and in need list. Um, I, I don't, I'm not completely against it, though. It's not as ridiculous as some of those MFL uh, ADPs. Gotcha. Uh, last guy I want to talk about, because you don't want to do, you, you don't want to go too late in drafts with guys rising, I guess, because right. they, they can fluctuate more. With news and things, you know, get out of the 14th round and get into the 10th. Um, Pierre Garçon. Garçon. Yeah. So he, let me find him. I mean, he's going as the 39th receiver, so it's not, you know, it's it's not a big spend draft capital-wise to get him. But he has gone past two months, probably stock has risen by two rounds. And the basic argument there, the two things, it's, well, when Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator, he had a year where he caught 113 passes. That's mm-hmm. one. And mm-hmm. the other thing is, who the hell else are they going to throw to? Mm-hmm. McDonald's? All right, maybe. I would like Pierre Garcon as my third wide receiver. Would you? PPR? Uh, well, yes. First, yeah. yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I was doing some digging, and I know past instances don't necessarily translate into future instances. But Pierre Garcon, I found this fascinating. In PPR leagues, the last three fantasy postseasons is among the league leaders in fantasy points per game among wide receivers uh, weeks 13 through 16. He's in that group. Now, uh, one of the filters on that was you had to play in 12 of 12, but that's another plus uh, another notch in his plus column is that he played in all 12 fantasy playoff games uh, over the last three years. Um, So from a durability standpoint, that's another positive uh, for him. And again, it's going to come down to, how Shanahan kind of works with that with with Hoyer and then 
uh, if Carlos Hyde's running for MVP, if he can stay on the field, what they're going to do with Joe Williams, who Shanahan banged his hand on the table, blah, 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 blah. But wide receiver three at wide receiver 39, eighth round, I have no issues with Pierre Garçon. I think if, if Shanahan, man, it, it, again, Hoyer has had these moments. We just haven't seen them for extended periods of time. I'm not out on Hoyer yet. It's just there's a little bit of risk involved. But when you're looking at an eighth-round pick for a guy like Garcon and who are they going to throw to, I'm a buyer. Okay. Yeah, I, I am at wide receiver 30, so I'm definitely a buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him. All right. I think that's it. We, we could talk forever about these guys, but let, let's cut it for now. Ryan, what else, people, what else should people be looking for in the fantasy department of FoxSports.com? Yeah, our colleague Will Singer is working on a contract year piece. So, again, a lot of people find it interesting when players enter contract years, how they're going to perform. So they'll have a little bit of a history lesson on recent boomer bust contract year guys that people might have bought in fantasy because they were in it and just the lessons learned there and then who to look forward to that are heading into contract years that you might be able to get some good value on. The guy that keeps coming back to me is Jeremy Hill. Um, we'll see what his ADP is here in August, but uh, Jeremy Hill's in a contract year. We'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Um, and then we'll probably be doing uh, an a update here uh, in a few weeks uh, as we head into the July calendar uh, because I think it needs a fresh coat of paint, our, rank, our overall rankings. Uh, there's been enough movement now. Um, and I, I, I think some things would shake out a little different than what we voiced our opinion what back in early May. Um, so a fresh coat of paint on the fantasy football rankings uh, at FoxSports.com. Plus, do not forget your daily fantasy baseball fix from John Halpin, Monday through Friday, and Will Singer on the weekends. Woo! I probably have my best lineup of the year on Tuesday night. Are, was, are you it was, up? It was in a cash game, though. So Are you up $3.40 on the year? Something like that. Not even. Um, I wish it was that, but it's strong. Oh, but, by the way, uh, a little promo within a promo. Be sure, if you haven't listened to, go back and listen to Halpin's DFS uh, interview with Rathburn. My Rathburn? Rathburn. Yeah, he was great. Oh, Again, uh, Halpin asked the right questions. Rathburn gave very uh, inside baseball answers that I think will help DFS strategy for you the rest of the year. It will, it will make you smarter, no thanks to me. Just listening to Rath talk <laughs> is the way to go, I think. So. All right. Um, everybody, again, please subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening. And uh, check out the fantasy football stuff that we're working on and the rankings update coming soon, foxsports.com slash fantasy. We're going to be back next week with another edition. So please keep listening. For Ryan Fowler, I'm John Halpin. Thank you so much for listening to the Fox Fantasy Podcast.